Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 141 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and I am thrilled that you're here today. Super thrilled because I am talking to super thriller writer Samantha Downing, who wrote My Lovely Wife, which just burned up the charts and burned up my heart. It is a fabulous book, and I was just so excited to talk to her about her overnight success. Uh, which was not overnight because most overnight successes are not overnight. So I know that you're going to enjoy that interview, talking to a woman who's really making it work as well as juggling an entire life. So enjoy that. In uh, what's going on around here? What's going on around here? Well, I guess I'm just kind of reveling. I have been enjoying having stolen things out there in the world. I've been getting quite a few tweets and Instagram posts and emails of congratulation, um, many from people that I don't know. So that is exciting and makes me kind of giddily optimistic. I really like being optimistic. Uh, what did Anne Shirley say? I'd rather soar on the wings of anticipation. It almost pays for the thud. I think it does pay for the thud, honestly, soaring on those wings of anticipation. So I'm riding this out feeling happy with that. Yesterday, I did something real fun. Uh, You may have heard me talking about the fact that I'm trying to let go of some of my control issues. That's what I'm writing my Patreon essays about right now. And so I've been thinking about control and releasing control and what control means, what it's always meant my whole life, what it means now. So yesterday morning, I got up, I was going to work, and I decided just screw it. So I took myself to BART, which is our local train in San Francisco, and I went to the city, went into San Francisco, jumped buses. Uh, I rode a bus all the way out to the beach, which is not a small ways to go. Um, I can see the bay on any day, just driving home. I, I, I look into the San Francisco Bay, which I love, but it is not the ocean. And yesterday I really, really, really needed the ocean. So I hiked out there on public transportation, which to me, because I do not have to take it, is a total joy. There's nothing like riding a bus, especially in places where you don't know that you've never been on a bus. Like I've been through all these neighborhoods, of course, in cars, but not on a bus. So it's just like looking at people and seeing the sights and smelling the smells and looking outside the windows. And I just kind of let myself off the hook. I didn't try to control the day. It unfolded the way it unfolded. I texted a friend who lives near the beach and we went out for a marvelous lunch at the Cliff House, which is a famous tourist destination at the kind of the end of San Francisco. And I'd never been there. Got some excellent fish and chips. Uh, Took another couple of buses through many districts of San Francisco and ended up with my sister um, having sushi with her. I basically just public transited myself all over San Francisco eating. And I was so happy. It was kind of a day off that I've been promising myself since the book launch and hadn't taken yet. And it was lovely. It was um, just a really, really nice reminder of what I have, what I'm grateful for. So that was wonderful. Speaking of gratitude, 
I would like to thank some new patrons. Uh, you can always go over to patreon.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L, to see what the perks are over there. I've got some fun ones. I can't remember if I've thanked some of these people, so there is a possibility they are getting thanked two or three times. I don't know. But that's awesome. If so, thank you to Alessa and Sarah Barkin for adjusting your pledge up. That always makes me feel like a million, million dollars. Thanks, Tomas Knightley. Um, thank you, Siren School. I don't know what that is, but it sounds very cool. So thank you very much. Brittany Jacobson just came in at the coaching level. Um, looking forward to working with uh, Brittany, working with her on her words monthly can't wait. I love doing that. And Tatiana Lysenko. Hi, Tatiana. Thank you so much for supporting. Thank you to all past, present, and future patrons. It really does mean the difference in um, me being able to write these essays that are then compiled into books that are then sitting around waiting for me to revise them, which is a very good problem to have. So uh, that's what's up. Usually right here, I take a little break and do a mini ad read of something that I offer, coaching or my newsletter. But you know what I'm going to do today? If anybody's looking at the video, showing you the large print edition of Stolen Things, which is available apparently. And oh, pro tip, I got this and I took it to read from at um, the signing last week at the launch party. It's way better to read your book in large print if you are over the age of 40, I think. Uh, But what I was going to do for today's ad read is to read you the back of the book. This is uh, not written by me. Luckily, editors usually write the back cover blurb, which is great because by the time you're done with a book and it's been sold, you, you don't want to think about it anymore, although you still have to. But writing back cover blurbs, I find very, very difficult and editors do it in a salesy way. I don't write stuff in a salesy way. I write stuff in a book way. My editor wrote a great sales back jacket copy, so I'm going to read it to you right now because I should tell you about my book. I have not taken any time to do that, perhaps ever. So it is called Stolen Things. Just came out from Penguin last week. And the top words say, Mama, help me. That's kind of the catchphrase that advertises the book. Nothing nothing terrifying there. Okay. Lori Amati has worked as a 911 police dispatcher in her quiet Northern California town for almost two decades, but nothing in her nearly 20 years of experience could prepare her for the worst call of her career. Her teenage daughter, Jojo, is on the other end of the line. She is drugged, disoriented, and in pain. And even though the whole police department springs into action, there is nothing Lori can do to help. Jojo, who has been sexually assaulted, doesn't remember how she ended up at the home of Kevin Leeds, a pro football player famous for his work with the Citizens Against Police Brutality Movement, though she insists he would never hurt her. And she has no idea where her best friend Harper, who was with her earlier in the evening, could be. As Jojo and Lori begin digging into Harper's private messages on social media to look for clues to her whereabouts, they uncover a conspiracy far bigger than they could have ever imagined. With Kevin's freedom on the line and the chances of finding Harper unharmed slipping away, Lori and Jojo begin to realize that they can't trust anyone to find Harper except themselves, not even the police department they've long considered family, and time is running out. <laughs> That's stolen things. There's really, I don't think there's really any spoilers in there. Yeah, it starts off with a bang and keeps on banging. That sounded bad. So I hope that you might consider buying it. Um, if you don't, 
please just keep listening. That's what this podcast is about. This podcast is about writing the books that then get sold in whatever various ways they are sold. But if you do like thrillers, you might like this one. It's getting, I'm very happy about the reviews. Okay, now I'm getting a little bit self-conscious. So let us jump into the interview with the amazing Samantha Downing, who really does know from Thriller. I know you're going to enjoy this. I hope that you're getting your writing done. If you're not, do a little something. Write 50 words, write 50 words, and then email me to tell me about it. Or go over to howdoyouwrite.net or rachelherron.com. You can find me anywhere on the internet. I'm around, except for Twitter. I miss Twitter, but boy, my heart is happy you're not looking at that train wreck. So happy writing team, my friends, and enjoy this interview. All right, everybody, I could not be more pleased today to welcome to the show Samantha Downing. Hi, Samantha. Hello, it's nice to be here. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I, uh, I, we'll get into how I attacked you at a conference, um, but let me give you a little bio first. <laughs> Samantha Down- Downing is the author of the USA Today and number one international bestseller, My Lovely Wife. She was born and raised in Marin County, California, and now lives in New Orleans, where she is furiously typing away on her next thrilling standalone. So I got a copy, I know I told you, um, of My Lovely Wife in ARC form, so the Advanced Reader's Copy, and I... I devoured it and I just fell in love and I was so into that book. And when I found out that you were at a publish or no, at a agent's party that I was at, I basically like attacked you with both hands and told you what a fangirl I was. <laughs> and I hope that that happens to you a lot. Is that something that happens a lot? Yeah. Authors don't really get recognized the way other celebrities do. But um, yeah, when people... Uh, when I'm at a conference or a book signing or, or something and people, I'm, I'm very grateful for it. I, I love books, but you just can't stop reading and you have to read the next chapter. I mean, that's the best thing about reading ever. So if somebody gets that from my book, that that's the goal. Like that's, that's, I've done my job. That is the whole goal. And I'm passionate about thrillers and it's pretty much all I've been reading for the last three or four years along with memoir, but memoir and thrillers, thrillers are the thing that I always wanted my hand. Um, so when did my lovely wife come out? It wasn't that long ago. No, it was March, March 26th. When was the first time that you got like that big fan response? Was it like March, um, March 26 and a half? Um, yeah, I mean, I had a, a launch here in new Orleans and, but nobody had read it yet since it had just come out. So I think it took a couple of weeks, um, before it, I started hearing from people who had bought the book um, before that I had heard from people like, like you, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the book bloggers and and people who had the, and Instagram, things like that. So yeah, ever. And the response was all positive. So that was amazing. And this is your first book, right? Yeah. It's my first published book. First published book. How many books, because this is a show about process. I would love to know Mm -hmm. how many, how many books do you have in the drawer? 11. Nice. I love hearing (laughs) that. I love hearing that. Were they all thrillers or were they all different genres? No, they were all different. Um, I've been writing for about 20 years and I wrote as a hobby. It was just like the thing I did. Um, Some people go home at night and they cook or they garden or they play the guitar. I wrote because I loved it. Um, The publishing industry to me was this weird labyrinth of how do you do it? I mean, it was almost like you need a separate degree to get into publishing. So um, I just found it frustrating anytime I even looked at it 
to even get through the process. So I was really concentrating on the craft of writing for 20 years. And um, my lovely wife was book number 12. That must just feel so satisfying to be recognized after toiling alone for so (laughs) long. I'm just like vicariously living through you. It just feels feels and sounds so delicious. Um, But I'm really excited to talk to you about this because you still are doing your day job, right? You still Mm -hmm. work full time and you're working on the next novel. Or I think you had finished it. It's finished. I'm in in the final edits of it. So let's talk about your process and where the heck you fit all of this in. Because you have, it sounded like a pretty high stress job. And yeah. where, where does this, where does, where does writing come in? When and how, where and how? I generally write in the early morning, anything creative in the early morning what's, before what's anything early? else. Uh, like four in the morning. You're, um, you're my people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I go to work very early though. I start working about seven in the morning. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's an early job. Um, that's when I use do anything creative because nothing else is in my head yet. And I'm fresh from the day. I can't really, I'm not a night writer. I can do some editing and things at night, but not the creative part. Um, so I get up and I do it every morning. So if I can get a thousand or 15 or hundred words in, that's, I'm done for the day of, of that. And if you write a thousand words a day, Every single day, you'll have a 90,000 word book in 90 days. Yeah. And then you can start revising it. The math is astonishingly simple that way. It really is. And a thousand words is, once you get used to it, is nothing. Um, Right. So do you just kind of roll out of bed into the page? Do you make a cup of coffee? Do you feed the cats? Yeah, I get the coffee and and sit down and go. And uh, yeah, I have to have coffee. Coffee's the must. (laughs) Well, yeah, if you're getting up that early. I used to have a job yeah. where I used to have to be at work at six and it was a 12 hour shift. And, um, and I would hit the page about three forty-five or four. And I just remember the ultimate silence of that time. Like there's nothing, if a car drives by, you're like, what, is there an emergency? You know? Mm-hmm. And, um, there's something so beautiful about doing work then, especially when your body didn't really want to get out of bed, but you made it to the page anyway. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you write every day or do you take weekends off? Um, I try to write every day. I'd say six days a week, probably not seven. Yeah. But yeah, that I try to, I have a writer's group. I have a, I'm part of a critique group. Um, and I, we meet once a week and, uh, we critique and it's, you know, that we do the work and submit it and critique each other's work basically uh, mostly every single week, barring vacations and things. How did you find so, your group? Um, I actually found it through a public group that was here in New Orleans and that was much bigger and much more constrained in terms of um, how much you could submit just for time purposes when you have six or eight people all submitting every week. It can be a very long day. Yeah. So we we're down to like four people and submit and and do that. And it um, and it works out really well. So you you get a fresh perspective on what you're writing. And um, I do it as I go. I don't wait till I'm done to get the critique. I get the critique as I go because in a thriller, that's important. If you're writing something that's completely not believable and the reader's like, no way would this happen. Like, I need to know that. <laughs> in my head, it might make sense. Yeah. But other people, it might be off the chain. But you must really trust these people too. Cause I, I have a love hate relationship with critique groups. I think they can be great, but a lot of times they can squash a writer Yes, and you have not That's allowed true. that to happen. So have you been careful about that selection process of who you 
let let read this work definitely yeah yeah definitely and um it's you definitely have to be in a group Um, I don't want to be in a group that's just a cheerleader type of a group because that's not really a critique group that's a support group that's a different (laughs) kind of so this is a this is a yeah this is a critique group where we really try to make the writing better and we try to make the book better I mean that's the purpose are they thrilled for you Totally. Yeah. <laughs> that's, so, that's so flippant cool. All right. What is yeah. your, what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? Um, I don't plot and I don't outline. I'm a complete panther. So, um, this book I, must have surprised you as much as it surprised us as you were yeah, writing. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. So I, my biggest challenge is keeping, um, tra- when you, again, when you're writing a thriller of anything that, are like the clues early on that you have to make sure and pick up, or I have to go back and put the clue. If I write something new in chapter 50, I have to go back and adjust for it. So I, 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 I write like three chapters and then sort of go back and make sure the continuity is there. And then oh, about every three chapters, I sort of, so I know you're not supposed to edit as you write, but I, if I don't, I just end up with a mess at the end because uh, there there's are, too much to go back to I, do. I believe there's a lot of rules that we can all break when we need to break them. And if that's <laughs> your process, that's your process. There are not right. very many people who successfully revise as they go, I think, and still complete books. But if you're doing it, that is your process. And girl, it's working yep. for you. Um, what is your biggest joy in writing? Uh, my biggest joy, it's discovering what comes next because I don't know. So I just... I try to think it out, but I can't. I have to actually sit and write it. And then I get, oh, this is where this is going. So the discovery of it to me is I, I, I cannot plot an entire book. That's like, to me, it's like being a chess player. I'm not a chess player. I'm not that many moves ahead. I literally write chapter by chapter, event by event. And it, and then it becomes, I, I see where it can go or where it's going. That's a delicious feeling. How, what do you do when you get stuck though and you can't figure out where to go next? Um, I walk away and I think about it that day. I think that's the important part about not writing too much in one day mm. by writing thousand words a day or whatever. I can then think about it. I think where it's mm. going and the next day when I actually get up, I already have an idea of what's going to come out. So that's, that's I have time cool. to reflect on it. Really smart because I've done a lot of, you know, 2,000, 2,500 words a day. And then there have been the books that I wrote four or 5,000 words a day because I was on deadline. And I always feel like I'm because I I plot minimally, but I always feel like I've just run out of ideas by that day. And I don't Mm -hmm. have enough brain capacity to think of more. So I love that. Yeah, I've been on um, writing retreats before people that just pummel out six, seven, eight thousand words a day. And if I do that, it's pretty much not it's going to be all bad because it's i'm it's not coming from a creative place it's coming from i gotta type this and if you have it if you have it plotted it's perfect if you don't plot it's not right when i go on writing or cheats i try to be in the editing process oh what's so so great about this is you're so super smart about your process you know how it works for you so 20 years. Yeah. 20 years. <laughs> 12 books and 13 books now in 20 years. Um, what, can you share a craft tip of any sort? A craft tip. Um, 
Hmm. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, let me ask a specific one then. Give me an example. Um, like how how do you how do you craft character? I just. Did, did they just come to you as you write? Yeah. <laughs> You're truly seat of the pants. Are you yeah, one of those people who completely. learn? Uh, this is this is me. I learn my characters. I go through. I don't really know them in the first part of the book, and then I have to go mm-hmm. back to the beginning of the book to make them into the person I realized they were by the end of the book. Yeah, I, I have to do that. There are um, there are times I know, like with um, in my lovely wife, I knew it was a married couple. I knew I knew the woman was a very strong woman, female character. I mean, I knew certain things going through it. But, um, I, I don't do character sheets. I don't yeah. do, I know people that do that. And if it's helpful for you, that's great. I don't use um, Scrivener or any fancy program. I have one word document. Everything is in one word document. One word document. Oh my God. <laughs> then um, uh, I, when I get deep into it, I just start making a list of small the small plot points i either need to pick up on or get rid of mm. like, the cl- like the clues or the you know little kernels of something that i'm trying to allude to where, i make a list where do you keep those in a separate word document or a separate word document okay two word two word document two word documents for the whole book i i love that um what thing in your outside life like your your normal non-writing life what thing in your life affects your writing in maybe a surprising way Either for the good um, or the bad. I, um, I think sometimes um, it can be conversations hmm. that I hear, and listening to how people talk. Um, sometimes it can be um, uh, just a scenario that I see, and I see, you know, I I see it as as it's, it could be something very normal, but in my mind, you know, somebody's dying. So. <laughs> you could murder somebody this way. <laughs> and I recently, I'll tell you, I, was, I recently, um, we had a new office building built and it was, um, we walked through it while it was under construction and you could see all the air ducts. Like, and in movies, everybody crawls through the air ducts, right? Yeah. Well, they're not big enough in real life. In real life, they're actually small. It's a lie. It's all a lie. So <laughs> I remember I looked up and I was like, how am I supposed to escape terrorists? Where am I going to go? What is happening here? When the serial killer comes, these air ducts are not sufficient. You guys are not helping serial killers at all, HVAC people. (laughs) But that makes sense. They're never like that. It's all a lie. So it wasn't even like, you know, 10 years ago they were, oh my God. No. How many movies? How many? Stranger Things season three. Like, I don't. I, I mean, go so all the way back to like Die Hard. Yes. Didn't, that's. I mean, they're everywhere. The, <laughs> that is good to so know. I, I will not use it. I will not use it in my next book. I don't think I've ever used it, but I would until now. Um, exactly. What is the best book that you've read recently? And why did you love it? That I read recently. What have I read recently? Oh, I just read um, Joshua and Jackson. Never have I ever which just came out like two weeks ago. And I think that's the greatest title ever. It's Never have I ever really the best title. I love that title. And it is about a woman that has a creepy neighbor come move next door and, and it's a thriller? party thriller. Yeah, back. 
she's great. Is it out now or did you read it in advance reader copy? No, out now. It just came out uh, two weeks ago. Brand new. I'm going camping this weekend. Maybe I'll download that for the trip. You should get one in the woods. I know. I'm too scared. I'm too scared. I think I would just drive home. We'd wake up and Rachel's gone. She went. <laughs> I was the kid who would always like, you know, call my mom from the sleeping the slumber party and have her come get me. So I need to oh, stay well. there. The All woods right. are scary. The woods are terrifying. I'm still scared of the Blair Witch Project. I'm still terrified. Oh. Well, why don't you tell us a little tiny bit about my lovely wife for people who are listening and where they can find the book and where they can find you? Okay. Um, it is about a couple who has been married for 15 years. They have two teenage children and they have a very unusual way of spicing up their marriage, which includes murder <laughs> because it, you know, when it has to be done, it has to be done. Um, and it can, it's available everywhere, but there are links on my website at Samantha Downing. And you guys should read it. It was so unput downable, as the kids say. Um, thank you, Samantha. It's been such a treat and a joy talking to you. Thanks for writing. Thank you for your next book in advance. I will one click it. And thanks for being on the show. You just made my whole week. So thank you. Thank you for having me. And good luck on your debut. Oh, good. Or on your debut, debut thriller. thriller. I'm I'm so nervous. But thank you. Just stay- you should say the title. Say the title it's here. Called whoa, Stolen whoa. Things. Stolen Things available Ooh. everywhere soon. Five days from recording. Ah, I'm going to throw up. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, All my right. friend. I really appreciate okay. talking to you. Thank okay. you. Take care. All right. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends. <laughs>